Hello, Mark Ja. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. Mark stands for Meet with God, Reach Out to Others, Know His Purpose for Your Life, and to Develop Your Potential. I want to encourage you before we even get started to ask God to soften your heart, open your mind to receive what He has for you. You're loved by a great God. have tonight Pastor Steve Little with us. Thank you so much for coming. We're so excited. Let's give him a round of applause. It's always awesome. It's always awesome having a, like Aaron's great, but I always love getting a different taste and I, I, I love different people's perspectives. So I'm super excited. So thank you so much for coming. Can we give him a round of applause? Always like it when they say, uh, go around and shake your hands. There you go. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm Pastor Steve. Um, I, I, I don't get to see you guys very often. I think the last time I got to spoke, uh, I spoke uh, with the Mark Ministries was almost two years ago now. And uh, uh, so around the church, what I do is uh, I, I kind of do everything nobody else wants to do. No. I have a senior ministries. I'm old. See? Um, I have senior ministries. Uh, on on any given Sunday, um, down in rooms A and B, you'll see us down there. Uh, we have uh, two Sunday school classes. We have about 160 uh, people from the, about the age of 55 to 90 that uh, come to class. And it's my uh, privilege to serve them. I, I do hospital visitation. That's my main uh, process. Uh, I pray for the sick. Um, I also, which is really a blessing, you know, there's a couple of things in scriptures that says, you know, Jesus said, when I'm sick, you came to visit me. And they said, well, when did we visit you? And he said, if you visited, if you've done this to the least of them, you've done it to me. So I got a really scriptural job. I, I like it. And uh, I also uh, work with people who uh, death and dying and uh, to walk them through the last part of their life. There's a, a lot of people that get to walk uh, people through the first part of their life, and uh, I get to now walk people through the last part of their life. Um, I also do, uh, about every six months, I do premarital counseling group, right? Woohoo! And uh, uh, I love doing that, and uh, I do uh, marriage counseling, I do home visitation, and then I, I oversee a couple other small ministries, and that is uh, every Sunday uh, we have people that go speak in all the uh, correction facilities around the area, all the prisons and the uh, co- county jail, and, and uh, I, I oversee that uh, team of people. And then also, if you don't know this, every week we have a food share in the church, we serve about 7,000 uh, boxes of food um, a year out of, out of this facility, and I oversee that. Actually, my wife does it. I don't really, uh, uh, I just name only. She does, she does all the work. So other than that, I don't do anything. And uh, a Pastor Aaron asked me if I would um, speak tonight. He asked me at noon. I, 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 you know, and I said yes before I thought, have you ever done that? Sure, I'll do that. And, uh, and so, uh, so I thought, okay, I'll, 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 I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go speak. And, and the Lord put something on my heart. I, I pray that we'll, we'll be good for you. I would like you to get to know me a little bit, though. I think that might you know, sometimes getting to know somebody is, 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 is a good thing. You know, um, uh, I was one of those, uh, you know, I grew up in a family that, well, my dad was married four times by the time I was four. And he's been married eight times up to t- now. And... Uh, so I kind of bounced back and forth between my grandparents and parents. Uh, we weren't church people. We were drinkers. And uh, we drank a lot. I started drinking when I was 13. And uh, uh, after high, I graduated from high school with a 1.8 grade point average. I was brilliant. Not kidding you. And, uh, 
And the bad part about uh, graduating from high school with a 1.8 grade point average in 1967 was in 1968, I found myself standing in Vietnam. And uh, I, I was in, I did two tours in Vietnam and uh, came back worse shape than I started out. Uh, 1974, well, the latter part of 73, the first part of 74, I don't, I don't out at night because I was pretty much drunk from the time I got up in the morning until I passed out at night. My dad, uh, as best as he could without knowing what to do, he would give me jobs in his business. And I was in Yakima, Washington, helping him open a restaurant. And I was walking down the road. My hair was about this long at that time. I had a big Fu Manchu mustache. That's when I had hair and, uh, and had a big Fu Manchu mustache. I weighed about 125 pounds, which I still wish I, I weighed today. Um, and I was standing on a street corner. I, I want to share this because sometimes, how many of you have ever witnessed somebody and felt like you, you, you walked away going, boy, I sure didn't do a very good job with that. Anybody in here ever feel like that? A 15-year-old, about a 14, 15-year-old kid had decided to go downtown in Yakima, Washington and do some street witnessing. And I was standing at a stoplight waiting to go across the street. I'd been drunk now for two years solid and he tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and looked at him and he said, hey, mister, do you know that Jesus is alive and that he loves you. And I just brushed him off. I, I said, just get away from me. What in the world are you talking about? And, uh, and, and I just brushed him away. But from that day until August 11th, I gave my life to Christ in the front seat of a car. A friend of mine led me to Christ that I had gone to high school with on August 11th in 1975. But from the day that that young man told me about Jesus until that day I could not get away from Jesus. I am not kidding you. I'd turn on the TV, it would be about Jesus. We would be loaded. I'm not kidding you. We would, you know, smoked a lot of dope and took drugs and, and uh, went to jail twice. And, um, and I was sitting, I mean, even at parties, people would say, I wonder what Jesus would do if he was here. And I was thinking, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'd just like freak out. You know, I'd like go, I mean, I wasn't even saved, and I would think, well, I don't think he'd be hanging around with us, <laughs> that's for sure, if he was who he said he was. And, uh, and on August 10th in 1975, I sat down on the edge of my bed with a 22 pistol and a Bible, and I prayed a prayer, and I said, God, if you're real, I, I need to know, because I was done. Twenty. Six years of age, I, 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 when he had talked to me about Jesus, I was 25, and now I'm 26 during the summer, and I'm sitting on the edge of the bed, and I've got this gun, and, and I don't know how to read the Bible, so I opened it to the front. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the fullness thereof, and I read all the way to the begats, and then I fell asleep. I still do that. Every time I read those things, they're boring as all get out. Um, and uh, I fell asleep. I woke up in the morning. Um, I was, you know, here I am. I'm still alive. The gun's laying on one side. The Bible's sitting on the other side. And I got up, and I thought, well, what in the world am I going to do? And so I started to get dressed like any other day, except for all this turmoil, and I heard a voice speak to me. And the voice said, call Marty, Marty, which was the friend that led me to Christ. I thought I had gone completely crazy. Because I was thinking, I was looking, and all of a sudden this other voice just shot right straight through me. And so it happened three times in a row. The last time it was so loud, I almost answered back out loud. Okay! And, uh, and, uh, and 
I called Marty. He should have been at work. He worked for a company called Warehouser at the time. He should have been at work, but guess what? I found this out later. When he got up that morning, he, the Lord spoke to him and said, you need to stay home today. You call in for a vacation day. You need to stay home. I called him. He answered the phone, and that day we met at six, between 6 and 7 in the evening on August 11th, 1975. I got in that car, an alcoholic. I got out knowing Jesus Christ and sober. It was the, it was the coolest thing ever. And uh, from that day until today, I, I've had the privilege of serving Christ and loving him. He loves us so very, very much. We don't have to do a whole lot of stuff bad to find out his love. He loves us because he loves us. And, uh, and, and so that's kind of a little bit about uh, my testimony. Uh, about two months after I gave my life to Christ, uh, I got a calling to be a pastor. I've been bivocational in my life. I was a vice president of human resources for Macy's uh, for 23 years. Um, and then I was, I've also been a pastor for 36 years. I've interim pastored churches, been associate pastor, uh, done all kinds of things. And, uh, and uh, about 10 years ago, I retired from Macy's, and uh, I was sitting at my desk, and, and the Lord said, it's time for you to go. And I said, go where? He said, Salem, Oregon. And so here I am. And... Uh, and uh, I've been here about 10 years now, and it's been my privilege to, to serve here at the church and do what Christ has asked me to do. So over all of that, oh, I should tell you a couple of other things. I did go to Bible school. I did go to college. I have a master's in business, and I also have a bachelor's in, uh, in theology. And um, I actually graduated from both of those with B averages. And uh, um, somehow I got smarter along the, along the line. I'm not sure. Um, I found out that you really have to, like, study. You know, that's a really a cool... It's, it's a marvelous thought. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me earlier to do that. Um, and, uh, uh, and I have been... I, 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 God took a drunk. And I've got to do more in my life than I ever thought was even, even possible to do. And uh, so over that, like today, when Pastor Aaron asked me, and I went, oh, sure. And then he left the office. And then I was sitting there thinking, oh, my word, what did I just do? You know, I'm the kind of person, I like to study before I speak. And uh, so that, that really, uh, you know, our days are pretty pretty hectic sometimes, so I, uh, I, I thought about a, a subject that I had done uh, a little while ago on um, how, how do we get into tough situations. You know, so many uh, books will tell you how to get out of tough situations, but how do we get into them? How, how do tough things come along in life? And uh, and, and I've really thought about this, and, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I pray this will, will, will help you a little bit. Um, I, I have really nothing else. You know, I'm on the last part of my race. Um, I'm 68. I don't, I'm, you know, I have, I have three kids. I've got eight. Oh, now uh, we have a new, another grandchild on the way, eight grandchildren. Um, I'm on the last part of the race. How many, any of, any of you runners? Anybody in here runner? Yeah, my wife's a runner. She, she runs marathons, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and I, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I don't. And I can remember when she started running marathons. She didn't start them until she was 40, and uh, she just decided one day she was going to start running and started doing it, and and I can remember when she ran her first marathon and she was practicing for it. She'd go out and run. Uh, she still runs three to t seven miles a day. She's just out there all the time. And, uh, and she's not 40 anymore, but that's all the further I'll go with that. Um, 
And, uh, uh, and the thing that I found out about her in marathons was she would say that when she got to about mile 20, you now about 18, there was one part of her brain that would say, stop, 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 stop. And the other part would say, well, hold it. You only got five more miles to go. What's your problem? <laughs> you only got five miles. You already ran 18. Why, why stop now? You know, and, uh, and, and, and that's what endurance is. That's in, in life, it's, it really is its endurance. But it takes a toughness. It takes a mental toughness and a, and, and a strength. And, and what I have found over the years is that that, that doesn't come easy. After I got saved, I thought everything after that was like going to be peaches and cream. You know, I got, I got delivered from alcoholism, I, you know, which was kind of an odd thing because as soon as I got, realized I was sober, I thought, you know, you're an idiot. You needed to go do something. And, uh, 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 and, and so uh, over the years, I have I've found some things, um, and maybe, maybe this will help. I'm going to kind of do this backwards from the way I wrote it in the first place. But um, so, how do we get into tough situations? How do we get into them? Well, the first thing I'd like to say tonight is that we get into by our, our, our the easiest one is by our own personal failures. <laughs> we could. How many of you know you can get into tough situations by our own personal failures? Uh, I've had so many of them. So you know. Uh, we're not going to have a contest to find out who's got the worst failure in their life, but I've had many of them. And, uh, and, and I, I, I think about this a lot is, is okay, because how many of you don't want to have more personal failures? You know, that's a good thing. It's not to have anymore. But we do find ourselves um, in tough situation because of our own personal uh, failures. Second Samuel 11, 1 through 5 says, uh, this it says it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabah but David remained at Jerusalem and then it happened one evening <laughs> Have you ever had that one evening? <laughs> and then it happened one evening. You know, why does that happen? I don't want those things to happen. But it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked out on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing and uh, peeping Tom. That's what, you know, we used to call him when I was a kid. And, uh, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman and someone said, is, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and he came to her, and he lay with her, for she was uh, cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, so she sent and told David and said, I am with child. Wrong place at the wrong time. He was supposed to be out with the kings in battle. For some reason, he decided that he, I'm tired of all that. I think I'll just go home and, and stick around the house. And in that one evening. So here's some what nots to do. Uh, do not be somewhere you're not supposed to be. How many of you know that's easier said than done? <laughs> Don't be someplace where you're not supposed to be. I think, how many of you have ever heard the Holy Spirit warn you and say, stop? And then you take, you, you go a little bit further though. <laughs> and then he says, stop. And you go a little bit further. Yeah, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is wonderful. He will, he will try to warn us. He will try to tell us this is, just don't be there. But David remained at Jerusalem. What, what, don't be where you're not supposed to be. Also, do not yield your fleshly, to your fleshly desires. 
How many of you remember, any of you remember a, a little song? Actually, the wrong group sings this song because usually it's three and four years old. Sing this little song. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. I think all adults should sing that on a daily basis. Be careful, little feet, where you go. <laughs> Be careful, little hands, what you, you know. Oh, my word. Just be careful. Sometimes, sometimes our desires, the things that we, that, you know, it, it seems like uh, some things sneak up on us, some things we do by habit, but, but I'll tell you that, that, that there's a way out, and I'm, I'm going to give you one here in just a minute. But, you know, that little song is not a bad little song to sing. I had, the, I had our seniors singing it about uh, a month ago. They were all singing it. And, uh, you know, do you know that 70-year-olds still sin? Uh, here's a great thing. Did you think that you were going to come someplace in your life where you were going to grow so mature that everything was going to be easy and hunky-dory? If you don't know what hunky-dory is, like cool or, you know, easy or, you know. Um, you know, I got to watch my phrases. Um, but, uh, but I think that we have this idea that I'm going to mature enough that I'm going to be okay at some time. That's not true. You and I need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives until the day we die. We will always be growing. I thought at 68, I'd be way past the growing part and be like, yeah. And what I find is I still have to go before the Lord and ask him for help. So it says, uh, it says and from the rooftop, he saw, David saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. You know, things just kind of get out of control sometimes. And then the other thing is do not try to cover up sin by your own ability. This is very important. It's just, the scripture says that in Romans 8, I believe it's verse 14, it says, and through the spirit you put to death the work of the flesh. Through the spirit. I, I, I have done this where, have you ever said, I'm not going to sin again? You know, some kind of thing. I'm not going to do that again. Have you ever said that? And then about two hours later, you say it again. I'm not going to do that. Next day, I'm not going to do that. Well, that's not the way to take care of it. It really isn't. You cannot muscle up enough. Because what God's looking for you is to humble yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, I know that I have sinned before you. I know that I have. And I ask you to help me in this situation. That's what Romans says. It says, don't, I tried that for years. After I got saved, I, I felt like, a, I just felt wrong all the time in everything I did. And, and I would say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this. And, and it, did, it just didn't work. Until I realize that if I go before the Lord with it and I sit there and honestly talk to him about the situation. Because see, that scares me to do that. I don't, does it scare you? I don't, it scares me to go before the Lord. I don't want him. I don't want to have conversations with my father about these things. I just want him not to do them anymore. But the thing is, is that God says, if you want to be free, then confess. So the first place that we can get in trouble is on our own. So here's the second place we can get in trouble with others. <laughs> others can cause trouble in our life. You know, I, I, uh, I had a friend, uh, he and I, uh, well, 
He was the, my friend, he could think up of the worst things in the world to do, and I knew how to carry them out. I was like the operations manager of a bad situation. Because he would get the idea to do it, and I'd go, hmm, I think we could do that. And, uh, and don't be the operations manager or the one that thinks it up. But uh, others can get in, in, in our way. Others, God's plan or God allowed. Uh, others that come along. The, uh, in this point of history that I'm going to talk to you, Elijah. So here's Elijah. I love that guy. Elijah calls fire down from heaven. How would you like to do that? I am not kidding you. He calls fire down from heaven. That's, I don't know to you, but that's a big, that seems like a big thing. And, uh, and so he calls fire down from heaven. And so let's listen to why. So, so he, he wins this great victory. You know, it just seems like he should be so jazzed up. And then the next day, um, this king called Ahab gives him a hard time. This is what it says in uh, Kings uh, uh, first, I think it's first Kings or second In Kings uh, 19, one through four, it says, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, Elijah, Elijah, when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. <laughs> now, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of a manly man type of guy and... And if I called fire down from heaven and mocked a whole bunch of prophets, and I'd, I'd be feeling pretty, pretty buff about the whole thing. But here, this queen says, by tomorrow I'm going to take his life. <laughs> and, and so he gets up and runs away. Trouble. Sometimes trouble comes from others. Not things that we're even looking for. We're, we're not... We're, we're not sinning, we're not doing anything, we're trying to do what God wants us to do, and then trouble comes. And I can tell you this, is usually when you have a victory, it's sometime right after that is when you'll start to have some trouble. Trouble will come, sometimes it comes from our friends, and sometimes it comes from people that, that you know, we're... You know, we're, we're wanting to go on with Christ. We're wanting to do the right thing, and then, <laughs> and then trouble comes. And, 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 and so here it says, it says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, It's not enough. No, now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than any of my father's. So what do you do when trouble comes from somebody else? Find a place to find God's will. Find a place to find God's will. He didn't ask God. He just ran. He didn't say, at the time when he heard the trouble, he didn't go to God and say, I'm, I'm, I, I've got this trouble what he did do is he ran and tried to get out of the situation. So he said, he find a place uh, to find God's will. Do not try to take on the trouble you're in by yourself. Verse 4 says, but he himself went. I, I'm going to take care of this trouble my, by myself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of this thing. One of the things that you can do, though, is listen very close to God of what he wants you to do. Trouble, trouble will come. You can be in the best place in the world and have trouble happen to you. So I'll, I'll give you a for instance. So when I was with Macy's, I had a store manager. He was a horrible man. I am not, I, I'm not kidding you. He was just a horrible man. He was our store manager. 
And uh, he would get about this far from you and just start cussing you out at the top of his lungs. He would just be in your face. And, and I, it was my first management job with Macy's. And, um, and I can remember going away and thinking, well, you know, because it was trouble. Well, God, you don't want me to put up with this kind of stuff. You must have another job. How many of you have ever prayed for a job, got the job, and then within about three weeks hate the job because it wasn't everything that you wanted it to be. You need to be very careful before you quit that job. You need to be very careful before you quit. Because God might be bringing trouble. It might be coming from another person, but it might be trouble that's coming your way to give you a backbone and an understanding of what God wants, not what you want. So, this guy, he was horrible. And he would just, I, he, his name was Mr. Palmer. And uh, he, he just, he was horrible. And, and so, I was going to the Lord and saying, okay, so you, you want me to go. You don't want, I'm one of your children. You don't want me under this kind of stress. I don't need to do that. And all I hear, kept hearing the Lord speak to me was two things. When did I tell you to leave? And number two was, I want you to talk to him. And I went, devil, leave me alone. Because <laughs> that just does not make any sense at all. So this cannot be from the Lord. This cannot, this cannot be. And so about two weeks went by, and I wrestled with the Lord about this. And finally, I did, a, I, I did, a, I, I, I did one of those... Uh, Gideon things. I said, okay, Lord, I will speak to him, but this is where he needs to be. So I, I picked a place in the store that he would never go. There is no way in the world he had no business ever going there, n never. I'd never seen him there. I never, I'm, he just would not go there. So I got up in the morning, and I put out my fleece. I said, okay, Lord, I'll tell him what you told me to tell him, and I'll face him. You know that he can fire me. And uh, the Lord said, you just go tell him what I told you to do. And uh, so that day I went, and guess where he was? Oh, God. Standing, right? I come around the corner, and there he is standing there. And I went, oh, no. The Lord had told me something very clearly. Now, this is, this is a man that literally, I mean, he would call you four-letter words in your face this far away from you and just downgrade you to, to the utmost. And he didn't do it just to me. He did it with a lot of people. And uh, so I, <laughs> there he was standing there. And so I told him what the Lord had talked to me. One of the things the Lord did tell me, and I, that's what I want to tell you, is do not demean him when you talk to him. You talk to him as your store manager. You give him the respect of his position, but you tell him what I need you to tell him. So I did. And so, so I'm standing there like this, and I said what I was supposed to say, and he turned around, and he just walked away. Never said a word. Never did nothing. And I went, Oh, no. I thought for sure in about four minutes, because that's about how long it had taken him to get back to his office, I was going to get called into HR and get fired. I knew I was going to get fired for what I said to him. And so the whole day kept going by and nothing. So the next morning, I'm coming into work. And he, he's coming in at the same time. And he goes, good morning, Steve. How are you doing? And I went... He had never said good morning to me. I'd worked there for four years, and he had never said good morning to me. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? I said, well, Mr. Palmer, I'm doing fine. Do you know that the next promotion I got was from his hand? Because God used him. He got fired from his job. He got a class action suit filed by the by the employees of the company, filed a class action suit against him. He got fired. But he was the one that God used for my next promotion. 
I, I want to tell you, sometimes trouble comes from other people. But you need to get away and find out what God wants you to do. We're in a society that any harm to us is not acceptable. But I would say you better hear what God has to say to you before you make pre sideways judgments about where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. Because God taught me something there that I, I'll never forget. He taught me how to, how to have a strength in me, his strength. How to speak to people. How not to downgrade them, but be firm and, and talk. And, and it was one of the best things that ever happened to me, even though when I was doing it, my knees were knocking and I was, I was afraid. But you will have problems from other people. So one of the things that you should do is listen carefully to God, get still before him and listen to him and find out what he wants you to do. Because sometimes it's not running away from the situation. Sometimes it's actually standing and, and looking at it face to face. That's what Elijah, Elijah when, he was, when he went up, he got still before the Lord. And, and you know, sometimes don't you want to just have a nice huggy Jesus? You know, come on, just give me a hug. Come on, that's what I need. Just give me a hug. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and all, all God speaks to Elijah. Elijah says, you know, I'm all the only Christian left on the face of the earth. You know, sometimes don't we say stuff like, oh, I'm the, only, I'm the only Christian at work. I'm the only person that's alive that's trying to do the right thing. <laughs> and then God says to Elijah, he said, I want you to get up and go back right to where you had left off. And then I want you to do this, 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 and this. No hug from Jesus, no hugs, no, no, no nothing. All he said is get up and get back to work. You got stuff to do. And sometimes we have to be still to hear what God has to say to us. It's very important. Now, you remember, this is coming from an old guy. I've been around the block a lot. But I have found some things that are principles that that are godly principles, that it doesn't make any difference what age we're at or where we are living at, that it's God's word. So the third thing that I'd like to talk to you about tonight is probably the funnest one. And that's when trouble comes from God himself. What? God would give me trouble? Yes. God will give you trouble. There will be things in your life because of the life that you live with Jesus Christ that will innately bring trouble around you. So let's think about it for a minute. Exodus 13, 17 through 20. <laughs> Can you imagine the children of Israel? Here they are. They've been in Egypt. All the, all the things happened that... Uh, that that uh, you know to the Pharaoh, and then the and Pharaoh lets them go. That'd be a pretty cool thing to watch all of that happen, don't you think? Just man, oh man! And so Pharaoh lets them go, and they've gone out out into the out into the desert, heading to uh, Sinai. And um, it says this: Exodus thirteen seventeen through twenty. So God led the people around by by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. So he took their journey from Succoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of, of cloud and led them in the way. And by night, by a pillar of fire, that would just... I don't know how you read the Bible, but I, am, I, have, I have a vivid imagination. I am not kidding you. It's, it, you know, I, I have to kind of control it sometimes. But I, I try to picture myself in their shoes and what that must have been like to, to see these things. And the Lord uh, went before them with the cloud and with the pillar of fire by night. 
He did not take away the pillar of the cloud by day or the pillar by night uh, uh, from before the people. Exodus 14, 10 through 12. And when Pharaoh drew near, so here they are, they're going out there and they run into a problem. Do you remember what it was? A great big body of water. The scripture says that when they came out of Egypt and when they went to the Red Sea, that they were stuck in this little place where they were like sitting ducks. But let's remember, who took them there? Come on, say it out loud. God did. God took them to a place where when they turned around, they saw Pharaoh coming along. We'll read it, Exodus 14, 10 through 12. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out, with the, out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Here, God delivered them, and all that they can say is that, What did you bring me out here so I could die? I don't know about you, but I've said that to God a couple of times. You asked me to go do this. I don't know what's going on. You know, do you want me just to have a miserable life? What is the deal here? And I don't know if you talk to God like that, but over the years, I got old enough to to, to be honest with the Lord and say, "I, I don't like this. This is, this, is, this is not what, I, I, didn't, I didn't think I signed up for this. But here they saw all of his miracles. They got to the Red Sea, and all they could say was to God was, what did you do? You brought us all the way out here just to kill us. Hmm. So when we find ourselves in the middle of God, because that's where they were, in the middle of God's will, weren't they? They were right in the middle of God's will, and, and it was God that took them there. Remember when Jesus, this happened to Jesus? It said, and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness so that he could be tempted of the devil. Who led him there? The Holy Spirit actually led him into the wilderness so that he could be tempted by the devil. Not by God. God never tempts anybody. But God will, God will see how much growth you have. Now, are you a nurse? What's that? An MA. All right. Uh, you went to school, and did you have to take tests? Yes. Did you have to take those body tests where you, you had the? Yeah. 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 I, saw, I saw there's a, there's a person at church that's been doing that. And I was thinking, oh, my word. How in the world would you remember all of that stuff? You know, and, and but did so you learned it. Did you have to take a test? Yeah, a couple of them, didn't Lots and lots of tests. I don't, in, in James it says this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into many trials or testings because the testing of your faith will produce patience and let patience have its perfect will, purpose in your life that you will be made whole. It actually says, by the testing of your faith, I'm, I'm thinking, ah, just a minute. You know, I don't mind learning all this. I like, I like talking about my Christianity, but that living part of it, that's a whole different situation. But there is a testing that God allows in yours and my, and he, what he wants to know is to see how far you've come. Will you pass it? Will you go on? Here's the children of Israel. 
they're yelling at their leader, saying to Moses and, and to God, he, they're, 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 they're at both of them, why did you do this? Why, God, did you do this to us? Because, see, God is the one that brought trouble into their life. To find out if they would trust him. Oh, my word. You mean I may have some trouble in my life to find out if I trust God in the situation. So I'm going to tell you, I, I, I got a couple of fun, fun stories, but one of them was really good. So I'm going to Bible school. I'm, I, I'm like a big baby. Uh, I'm, one, I left everything, and, and my, I, the school I went to was in North Dakota. When am I supposed to be done? Now? Okay. I'll be done. I... I'll just uh, five more minutes. So I'm going to I'm going out to North Dakota to go to school, and uh, and as I'm going out there, I stopped one time and said I had just got uh, engaged to my wife. Uh, we've been married now for forty, uh, almost forty-one years. But but we, but so I'm on my way out there, and I've left all my friends, and I'm sitting there look overlooking. Uh, uh, the mountains in Montana, I'm looking and, 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 and thinking, what in the world have you done? I'm sitting there crying. Now, this, I'm a Vietnam vet. What in the world am I crying about leaving people? And so I, I get taken care of. I start heading towards school. But I wanted to tell you about this one situation. I have an uncle that, uh, well, he's passed away now. But he lived in Williston, uh, uh, North Dakota, and I thought while I was going through there, I'd go see him. So I did. Really quick story. So I went to their house, and my aunt said he's out on this part of the farm. He owned 14,000 acres, cattle ranch, big place. And, uh, and so I found him out there. When I got out there, there were two great big, actually there was three, three great big guys that were wanted to fight him out there. I don't know why. They were drunk, and they were, went to went to went to start to fight him. And so I show up, you know, and I draw, drive up, I get out of the car, I start walking towards them, and, uh, and they all of a sudden fixed their eyes on me, and they started coming at me. And, uh, and for some reason, they were yelling, so you're going to take, take us on? And I said, well, no, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go be a, I'm, I'm going to school to be a pastor. And, but I wanted to tell you, that's all I said. And all of a sudden, these three guys, and I'm not kidding you, each one of them had to be about 200 pounds. They stopped dead in their tracks. They looked frightened, as frightened as I've ever seen any two people, or any three people. They turn around, they run to their car, get in it, and as they're driving by, they say, would you ask your God to forgive us? as they're driving away. I do not know what they saw. I don't know if they saw a great big angel standing behind me. I have no clue. But nobody's ever been afraid of this. <laughs> I, 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 am, I am not kidding you. But it's very interesting to me is that sometimes God will lead us into trouble. And he'll lead us to strengthen us. And it's very important that we learn those things. Number one is that we can get ourselves into trouble. Sometimes others can get us into trouble. And then sometimes God will stick us right in the middle of trouble because he wants you to do something, something that is bigger than yourself, something that you cannot control Something that's better than. So I'm just going to encourage you. When you see trouble, define it. Did I cause this trouble? Is this my trouble? God, do you want me just to, you know, if this, I didn't cause this trouble, that person's causing the trouble. What do you want me to do with it? Get quiet and go before him. And the other one is that if you and I are going to walk with Jesus Christ, is to remember you're going to run into stuff that you had never run into 
before. And what God is asking you to do is trust him. Trust me in it. I led you this far. I can get you the rest of the way. So, okay word for you tonight? All right, good. Praise the Lord. Uh, Let's pray and let you guys get out of here. Father, we thank you very much that uh, every person in here you know very well. You know everything about them. In Psalms 139, it says that before we even speak, you know what we're going to say. So, Father, wherever each person is tonight, maybe they have found some trouble someplace along the line. Father, I'd ask that you'd give them wisdom and understanding what to do. If it's for forgiveness, Lord, they can be set free. Lord, if it's trouble from other people, they still can be set free. And Father, if it's trouble that has come from you, it'll be great growth in their lives. And I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. We'd like to invite you to one of our services at People's Church here in Salem, Oregon. We meet on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for small groups and 11.30 a.m. for our main service. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at MarkedYah, that's M-R-K-D-Y-A. Or you can find us at our church website, peopleschurch.com marked. Thanks for listening. You're loved by a great God.